This podcast is not meant to be informative or educational and has the potential to be completely irrelevant. This is Property Jam. Welcome to this week's episode of Property Jam Podcast. I almost forgot what it was there for a second. That's a <laughs> Where we discuss everything to do with the human side of property. And this week we have got Michelle Cairns with us. Michelle, how are you? I'm very well, thank you, Niall. Thanks for Good. the invite. Well, I'm glad we've got this far. It's taken us about four <laughs> attempts to actually say hello to you and welcome you to the podcast. So uh, before we make any more mistakes or uh, fuck it up any further... Um, <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> well, it's great to be um, on the other side and see that uh, it's not just me that, that has these um, <laughs> has these interesting introductions. So um, I am Michelle Kurtz. I am from the Wirral in the northwest of England and I've been in property for about six years. I also work for YPN, Your Property Network magazine, as a, their podcast host amongst many other things. So um, yeah, I guess we met through YPN and me interviewing you so here we here we are and I'm on the other side now so it's a, it's a little bit uh I know how it feels now to be on the side <laughs> <laughs> and, and does, it, does, it. does it feel good <laughs> <laughs> it's a, well it's uh, you've made me feel very comfortable and at ease so um it's all good yeah good. so good. that wasn't our intention so. <laughs> <laughs> um so I suppose you want to know a bit about me, who I am. I, uh, before property, my life before getting into property was, uh, I was a teacher. So uh, secondary school, teaching 11 to 18 year olds. Oh my God, the bravery. Yes, exactly. oh. yes. No wonder so, you left. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's the usual uh, response I get. So yeah, I taught them French and Spanish, which was fun. Oh, oh Spanish. Oh, wow. well, we yes. can connect on that. That was my A oh, level and my degree. There, there you go. go. Oh, fantastic. Um, so that kept me entertained for about eight years and uh before that i just was traveling around the world for a while you know trying to figure out what to do with my life and um then yeah so property kind of came along six years ago when i realized that i was not going to stay in teaching until i was 68 oh. and that i needed <laughs> a backup plan um i saw lots of weary older teachers you know struggling and i just thought you know and they were like 40 so <laughs> 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 joking um but yeah so I just thought no nah, this isn't gonna be um this is gonna be isn't gonna be fun when I'm 68 so that coincided with someone giving me the rich dad poor dad book a bit cliche oh. but there we are yeah. and I just basically just thought this is it I had one of those aha moments epiphanies and it all made sense to me I went to my first meeting uh you know from that and just literally typed into google Chester where I'm based Chester property and then it was it was my first local meeting and then the rest is history so um, here you are here i am here i am and the pinnacle of your uh, property investing career on property jam absolutely <laughs> so, so, yeah, I, I know i've made You're it peaked. now yeah <laughs> there's no there's nothing above this michelle this is milestone it. moments <laughs> yes but, you know to be fair who'd have thought it right so six years ago who'd have thought that i'd be sitting here with you guys talking about property because you know it's not something that i sort of naturally grew up as you know my family aren't into property uh it's not something i'd ever really thought about 
at all. I mean, I'm not even going to embarrass myself by the lack of knowledge I had in property before I got started. So I literally we were all the same. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, you're in good company there. <laughs> so I guess I've just reinvented myself and uh, reinvented this a new life for myself. Uh, you know, I don't think you can even call it a career because it's just so all encompassing. Um, and it's, you know, it's a new identity. So I had yes. the identity as a teacher and then had to, had to leave that and had to let that go to become, you know, a property investor, property developer. So here we are. Wow. And was it, was that hard to let go of the teaching? Yes, it yeah. was as much as it was an incredibly stressful job. Um, you know, there was parts of it that obviously I loved and, you know, loved teaching, I loved teaching, not necessarily the schools and all that that came with it, the market and the planning. But, you know, I think I am a teacher. That's still part of my identity. Um, but being a teacher was, you know, people saw me in a certain way. It's like, oh, you know, you're a teacher and everything that comes with that identity and the identity of a property investor is a very different one. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a period of time where I'd kind of let go of that. And then I, didn't know who I really was anymore because I wasn't yet the property investor. I didn't have that experience. I didn't have that confidence and I didn't have that kind of, you know, I didn't see myself as that because I was still learning. I was still, you know, just getting to grips with what was going on and, and, and starting out. So there was definitely a weird void period in my life where I was. It's like you would almost shifted to the student, you know, like you'd sort of gone yes. from the stu- like teacher to yeah. student and that's really hard, isn't it? Like you're sort of having well, to change roles. It was definitely a change in roles. Uh, mm. However, I suppose I've always seen myself as a student. That sounds like really cheesy. A student of life. A, a student, student of life. life. Thanks, Joe. Yeah, full, <laughs> life. Um, full on cheese there. But, you know, I've always been interested in learning, whether that's learning languages and or learning, um, you know, just in personal development, learning about things. I've just always been curious. So I suppose I've always seen myself as a learner. Um, and actually, I love that. I love being in that environment I love being the student in a seminar or in a workshop uh, or with a mentor where I'm learning from other people because I just that's to me it's like amazing like learning things that I don't know mm. yeah um to know that I think you've answered the question that we're just about to ask you I feel like, <laughs> I feel like I know what your answer might be but we should ask it anyway okay yeah, I don't know what the question is what does the human side of property mean to you ah okay right um what does the human side of property mean to me um i suppose although obviously the the financial side of property makes sense to me um it's a it's a bit like the teaching really and that the teaching was always a vehicle for something else so teaching languages was always it wasn't really about the language it was about being able to you know instill the confidence and uh, and you know life skills and communication skills with the students so in the same way as property it's not about the bricks and mortar and you know it's not all about the money yes you know obviously that's that was the primary reason for getting into property but you know there's there's so much more you, i think it it comes with a very heavy weight of responsibility that you're not just providing bricks and mortar to tenants you're providing a home to them and um for me that has to be at the forefront of what you do and i know you guys have similar values as well but it's just providing accommodation that is safe it's comfortable 
but more than that it's it's a place where i would want to live so the the houses i buy and the houses that i uh, manage they the rooms in them if i had to live there i would think to myself okay i'd want to be happy there um for example one of the houses i've got is um, a 10 bed hmo and you know before i got that i was just you know the i just the idea of 10 beds now it kind of i'm used to it so i forget <laughs> but in the beginning i thought god you know who's going to want to live in a 10 bed and, and what is that even going to work how is that even going to work um and do you know what i have another house on the same street um, that's a much bigger seven bed and there's a lot more sort of space and they're kind of set out like flats so when there's viewings like i i can take the tenants to both houses and the amount of times that people choose the 10 bed over the seven bed, honestly, it's just, uh, uh, it's really surprising to me. But I think it's because I've set it out, you know, there's a large communal area and I've gone for a really premium look. I I want it to make it as much as a home as it, as it possibly can be. So for example, I, I pay the cleaner three hours a week and I my intention is it's the cleanest house in Chester, regardless of it being a HMO. So, um, regularly cleaned and I provide toilet roll bin bags washing up liquid you know it's a home it's not somewhere where you know I've, I've been in other houses where the tenants have got toilet roll in their bedrooms like what is that about it's not a home <laughs> yeah, <hold on. laughs> this is yeah before even the before COVID stuff again. it's like yeah, yeah it's um they you know they take the toilet roll to the toilet. like no that's just that was never going to happen in my house so I think you know it's really important and I and I say you know and some people said to me, oh, well, why are you paying for their bin bags or whatever? Well, because I want them to be happy because it makes business sense and human sense that I, you know, I can provide them in a, with a place that they are happy. They're going to stay longer. They're going to, um, you know, there's going to be less voids. They'll treat the place better, have more respect for it. And everyone's happy basically so oh I love it and I've just thought of a hashtag hashtag it makes human sense what a great so hashtag I've just, I've just written that down as well <laughs> so good yeah. it makes Basically. human sense that's we're stealing sense. that yeah we'll that's so you. good yeah we'll credit you yeah yeah but it's, it's true I like it I like it I think because what you're what you're doing is you're putting that you're just going that little bit extra to turn it from what's beautiful accommodation because you've decorated it to that spec and you've laid it out to a high high end design and finish but you're also adding the little things that make it a home that's that's and that's what it's all about yeah it's really interesting the uh when when i first started learning about property and you know, something that used to be said was oh you're not gonna create it to a spec that you live in you know you don't have to live in it that was always something that was said um, so you can you know, save on this or save on that. Well, actually, I mm. think there there is a shift whereby, yeah, we should be happy to live in these properties because if we're not happy yeah. to live in them, would you be happy to to rent them out? And I think that is a bit of a shift in in mindset that that is ongoing, uh, especially when it comes to uh, HMOs and and co living. So I think that is essential. But even with the buy to lets, I see um, some people now really focusing on. The, yeah, a bit on design um uh, obviously you're not furnishing it and but you can you can give them a really nice canvas to work with yeah absolutely um completely agree there and you know i rent at the moment which um is a bit crazy considering the number of houses i've got so for some people but you know 
the fact that I rent gives me that perspective of a tenant. And when I was looking for somewhere to live recently, it was, you know, I was looking at what's available. I'm thinking, really, because obviously we're used to seeing the glossy magazines and, you know, all the Facebook groups where everyone's like, check out my new HMO, check out my new house. And it looks like a show house. And then you go back to the reality of what you've got to choose from. It's just like, God, no. Yeah, no. we've, we've just moved as well in well just in march this year and uh, yeah and i i feel your pain there yeah, just to find a three-bedroom house took yeah it took quite a while to find something nice because you go and look at something quite hopeful going oh that budget works quite nicely that location's really good you turn up and you'd be like oh my goodness this is yeah. how do people how do people live live like this and you know how can the landlord let you know, the properties you know, get to this state and yeah. yeah, I think even that the property we're in is beautiful property, but there's definitely been some scrimping um, around the edges. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's a really interesting uh, time, I think, for for rentals. And you can do these things quite cost effectively as well. You don't need to spend a fortune on them. Well, that's exactly it. You don't need to spend lots and lots of money to make it look and feel like a <clears throat> a nicer environment or a more um i think one thing that we're, we're quite or especially with our interior designer at the moment is quite um conscious and very focused on tenant well-being um as well as the look of the property um so putting plants in things like that just little touches that don't cost the earth but make a huge difference to how the property is and feels to the tenants when they're there as Michelle said, business sense is human sense. Mm. Oh my God. And I think it also, for going back to what Michelle said, in our heads, because we are immersed in the property investing world and we hang out with professionals who are doing it right, it's like this weird thing. You just assume everybody is. Yes. Yes. And then when you're, when you go and actually, like you say, look at the reality, you're like, wow. Because I remember when my interior architect was doing some research at the local area to kind of gauge where we position our designs in relation to what's available in the market, she was like, um, this is your competition. It's just magnolia box, magnolia box, magnolia box, magnolia box with like navy blue curtains that were ripped and beds unmade and like really crap pine furniture. And I was like, that's the competition? Like seriously? But that was the majority. So there's still so much space in the market for what we do. Mm -hmm. Uh, And now more than ever, right? Like (laughs) it's just so necessary. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. Love it. Okay. So, Michelle, I believe you came prepared with a question for us. This bit always makes me feel nervous. I know. I want to sit back. I want to sit back. I'm like, okay, here we go. I'm glad I got my question out of the way first. Um, So something that's, you know, been kind of on my mind recently is the idea of what is a good deal. And, you know, I've just been thinking about how this I used to think of this as like okay a certain percentage of ROI and you know the purchase price and below market value whatever but the more I've explored it and in the mentoring training I'm doing as well I'm trying to explain to people that it's not just about the numbers um there has to be a minimum criteria but that kind of fluctuates so I'm I'm curious what makes a good deal for you oh I know hmm (laughs) i've got got two words i've got two words that jumped immediately into my head go for it um sustainability is one of the biggest ones so that you know it links to the other words as well which is um flexibility so that you it can diversify so whatever this thing is that you've acquired 
that it's not stuck in one niche, which means if there is a radical shift from an external factor like a pandemic that you can't, I'm not going to say pivot because we're not wankers on this podcast, but you know what I mean? Like we we can shift into another market quite easily so that we're safe. Non-wankers also use the word pivot, by the way. Do they? I'm not sure. (laughs) I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Um, Reinvent. Yes, there you go. Diversify, reinvent, um, move. And I think, so sustainability, something that's just going to, last the test of time that can also be flexible and adapt so timeless is another word there so you thank you that's more succinct timeless yeah (laughs) excellent um if we if we're going for buzzwords um one which is uh i suppose it's again it's skewed towards the types of investments we do but is is community community is a big buzzword that we love uh around in creating our types of properties um, obviously that's very specific to um, shared living and yeah. um, but a community within in living so that makes a great investment because if you have community within a shared house then your tenants will generally stay a lot longer they will generally pay a premium and they will which again makes business sense it's human sense uh, so <laughs> I love that. nice well done <laughs> yeah I think well for me I think I'm I'm very in tune with both of you actually I think for me it, it, it long, longevity um is something that pops to, into my head whether whether it is uh, a little bite to let or uh, a 22 bed HMO whatever it might be the the uh, longevity of the investment and the tenure that the tenants are going to actually stay in the property as well so creating something that people actually want to live in and want to stay in rather than stay for a few months and then move on somewhere else um because if 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 tenants are moving out of our properties then they need to know why that is what is attractive in someone else's house or someone else's a property that's not attractive in ours Um, and it's just creating that environment for them to be uh, for them want to to want to stay what does that look like how do you know if you if you're buying a new property how do you know that this is the one that ticks your boxes um, I think it's well for me. It's, it's just looking at the competition. Um, so, like Joe had mentioned earlier, when she saw the the, the level or the lack rather of competition um, and a property that is available uh, for 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 people to live in, um, we've all seen it ourselves. When we, like you mentioned earlier, going to look for a house to live in, I, I still rent as well. Um, and when it comes to the point of having to move, it's always trying to find something that is uh that's actually decent and you know that the the landlord or the management company actually take time and effort and care about their 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 property and their their customers i think one thing that makes a great deal is space Mm. so um, i think when doing a great project it's it's knowing that you've got space and you're not trying to cram it in so you know, we always talk about maximizing a building, but maximizing a building doesn't mean having pokey rooms. Um, it's about maximizing it for the end user. So um, I think definitely that at the moment, space is desired by people who've been stuck at home. Mm. Um, they don't want to be in a, say, in a pokey room. So if a property has space or the potential to create space, that would be a good deal. Uh, for me and then obviously the numbers need to stack to make it work but um yeah similarly the the, the numbers aren't necessarily the first driver it's what is you know what you know, can this building 
create an amazing space. Um, if it can't, then there's no point even going any further with it. Um, and then if you can make the numbers stack with a building which has amazing space, that to me is a good deal. And also the, the power of intuition is what makes a good deal. And I think that intuition comes from that stepping into the end user's shoes when you're walking around it initially. So from the moment you enter into the property, you're absorbing the area going, could, would I want to walk home to this? Yeah. Would this, is, is this where I want to come home to, you know, is that street lamp that's right outside that window going to piss me off if I'm trying to sleep, you know, and just, just, really stepping into oh god here we go buzzwords the customer journey <laughs> sorry i'm not pivoting i'm just experiencing the customer journey as i enter into the property and you know seeing how it can i don't know adds value to my life you know and i think that's quite an instinctive thing that's probably happening in the background whilst you're as the with your investor head on working with the numbers does it stack how many bedrooms could I fit in still have space design it in certain ways those kinds of head chats I mean what about you like what do you what's your thoughts like what makes a good deal for you has it shifted um I think my understanding has shifted and I I can't say I've got you know a, like a tight criteria because if you've looked at the properties that in my portfolio they're all completely different. So I have like a one bed flat, I have a block of five flats, I have ten, the 10 bed HMO, seven bed HMO, um, you know, single lets as well, just, you know, for um, tenants who are on the council benefits. So, you know, they're all, com they're all completely different. I suppose if I had to sum it up in one buzzword, um, it would be a no brainer. Mm. So when I see a property, it has to be to me, it has to make complete sense from every angle. So from the financial angle, from the tenant angle, from the future aspect um, that I just think, OK, this is just a no brainer. Like I have to buy it because I have to acquire it. It, it just makes sense because it's so good. It makes human sense. It makes human it sense. Makes human sense. <laughs> it makes human sense. So everything that, you know, that you guys have said there comes into it that, um, like even the one bed flat, it's got like a garden with it. And I just thought it's got a garden. It's one bed. It's a great location. It, you know, I've got it BMV really cheap. It's in, you know, it's good tenant demand. So all of these things, and I think there's an element of you, you can't wait for that to happen. So you, you've got to think, okay, when is good, good enough. So it's a, I think it's a balance between understanding the criteria of when's good, good enough. And when are you just not taking any action because you're you're being too fussy and your criteria is too strict? So, um, yeah, it's it's like making a cake, isn't it? So it's like you've got the core is ingredients. It, is it really? <laughs> <laughs> Where are you going with this? Go with me. Go with me. You need the is eggs. It, it a... You need the flour. You need the baking stuff. Right. You don't, sorry, sorry, Joe. You, you don't, don't need, need eggs. You <laughs> don't need eggs. I, I, vegan cakes never have any eggs. Sorry. No, I don't. Okay, so eggs. your vegan cake, right? Let's just say your <laughs> vegan cake, and you've got all of your ingredients that the cake will not exist. Its actual robustness will not happen unless which, you bake with those ingredients. Which ingredients are they in a vegan cake, Joe? I don't know. I don't even bake regular cakes like I have I'm not a baker but I'm thinking I, in I'm my head 
You are, you're uh, Mr. Matt Baker. Very yeah. good. So this analogy is completely irrelevant then. It's not. Please, <laughs> see it through. See it through. So you're going to bake your cake and you've got those non-negotiable ingredients, right? Yes. But then the yes. flourishes, the desirables would be, I guess, the icing or the cherry on top, if you will. Thank you, Niall. Can you see that this point is relevant? Yes, you can. <laughs> <laughs> Analogy done. Analogy done. <laughs> Are you happy now? <laughs> that did not make human sense. <laughs> that didn't make human sense. No, it didn't, didn't even make cake sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, just, you've, you've had your moment. It's fine. <laughs> okay, so, here, so here's the next question. Uh, and we'll start with Joe. If you were a cake, what type of cake would you be? Oh, a cheesecake all day long. <clears throat> and it would be salted caramel macadamia nut. That's Very specific. specific. Yeah. How I roll? <laughs> just don't, just don't ask her how to make it. <laughs> you pay someone to do that. That's fine. That's where the shop's for. Outsource. Outsource. The carrot cake. Carrot, carrot cake. Oh, oh yes. You know, Love it. I'll have one of those yeah. in ages. Yeah, definitely. Nile? Good work. I, I'm, I'm with Michelle. A, a carrot and ginger cake would be my, would be my choice. I, although I'm not a cake fan. As no, so. I'm not, not, a no. not a chocolate fan, not a cake fan. Um, mm. That's why I like cheesecakes. Cheese. What's, what's wrong with me? <laughs> Get the whole cake thing. Not so much chocolate. You <laughs> <laughs> just like chocolate. You, I, uh, no, I, I, myself at the moment, I'm not eating cake. We did a bit of baking over, over lockdown. And one of my favorite cakes at the moment is the vegan upside down plum cake from Fern Cotton's book. Okay. I love her. Really good. Really mm. yummy. It's got, it's got like caramelly and got, yeah, it uses coconut sugar. It's really, really nice. Um, coconut sugar? Yeah. That's a thing. Wow. Okay, cool. Yeah. Coconut got sugar. It. Really mm-hmm. nice. Um, but again, uh, I'm with Michelle. Like chocolate's my big thing. It's the, the dark chocolate. You know, you sit with a bar of dark chocolate and, you know, <laughs> glass of wine. <laughs> Bio roaring. <laughs> <laughs> oh, totally. Oh, dear. So, red wine, red wine, hasn't it got to be with dark chocolate? Yeah, although I have been, um, the white wine's been my thing over summer so far. Okay. I've now, I've now officially um, stopped drinking in preparation for um, fatherhood. Um, mm. I'll pick it up later. <gasps> how how far are we? How, lo- how long is it to go? Well, at the point of recording, there are two weeks to go. <laughs> I know, I when just it, didn't want to be like, oh, it hasn't, baby hasn't arrived already, has <laughs> it? At the, point of, yeah, at the point of recording, it's two weeks to go, but wow. um, yeah, they probably will have arrived by the time this goes out. Well, maybe maybe not on the yeah. cusp of arriving, yeah. How exciting. So exciting. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, but um, uh, we've decided what cake we're going to be. Everyone's answered that question. Yes. We have. Uh, yes. What's next? Episode uh, a bit of episode roulette. Should we do it? Episode roulette. Yes, do it. So, do you want to explain to Michelle how this is going to work? No, oh, explain. How does this blooming thing work? I, oh, I can't speak. Talk about pass the buck there. <laughs> you expect well, me to string a sentence together? Okay. <laughs> well, listen, you had a go at me in describing my cake, so I'm, I'm, I'm out. So I'm I guess out. how it works. So, basically, Matt's going to get all the episodes that we've done so far up on his phone, and he's going to start scrolling through them. When, at any point, you can say stop, and whichever episode he stops on, then you can give us your opinion on that particular episode. So, for example, if it's rent-to-rent versus buying property, or even one of the very exciting ones, uh, like licensing. Yes. 
Everyone's <laughs> playing for licensing. We haven't right, had okay. licensing yet, so um, Gosh, so I think bit... that might be yours today, Michelle. I hope I can answer it. Okay, yeah. here we go. Get okay, ready. So I am scrolling. Pick an easy one and stop. If it's rent to rent, I'm leaving. It is not rent to rent. <laughs> it is episode number four, Letting Agents. Oh, Ooh, discuss. Ooh. Letting Agents. Um, what pops into my head is a fantastic letting agent who is a good friend of mine. And, you know, she is all about the detail and also about the human sense. You know, she was out there when it was snowing and putting, you know, whatever is the stuff that melts the snow. What's it called? Right. Grit. Ice. grit. The grit out. <laughs> but in, in like the... Um... <laughs> how, does, how does ice melt snow? <laughs> salt. <laughs> it looks the same, ice and salt. Salt. The yeah. salt and the grit um, out, you know, on the steps of the houses and things. And I'm just thinking, you know, what other Latin agent would do that? So, you know, you've got the good, the bad, the ugly. And I think that... Yeah, just um, this this person, Hannah, is just, you know, I kind of admire her for her full roundedness of the detail and the human sense there. So, oh, I love it. Brilliant. And I, I like think they're that worth the salt. A... <laughs> Excellent. Salt. I'm writing that down. Um, and uh, I like that you went for the positive uh, and not the negative because most well, people yeah. talk about lettings agents go straight for the problems they have with lettings agents. Mm. So, um, but you, you know, that the thing about letting agents is that um, you think that it, you think they're paying for them as a waste of money and you think I could do it myself, especially if it's a single let, until the day that you get that phone call from the tenant that's kicking off about something not happy or whatever or as trash a place or whatever and and then then it's worth it so mm -hmm. I've, I've got a friend of mine at the moment and she messaged me saying the tenant's not paying and she's crying down the phone because you know it's and and I said okay listen give me her number and I'll just speak to her because she's trying to manage herself and and I said because the thing is is that she's now emotionally involved in it and mm -hmm. it, you know it's really difficult to have a business relationship and let's, you know, just call it out at the end of the day there, at the end of the day, it is a business that we're running. Um, and you need that professionalism when things get tricky. Yes. And you need that distance and you don't really want the tenants having your mobile number. Just, you know, it's not good. So like I said, it's all great when it's, when it's fine. It's all, it's all good, but really you need them when it's been up for when it's not good. I'm with you. I, I just, sorry, I just, I always hear, I think even you said it, Matt, in, in the early days when you were managing a few of yours, you would have like a WhatsApp group. I can't imagine tenants bothering me. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, I want them to be safe and I want them to do well, but if one messaged me, I'd be like, ah, no, 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 I need that. I need something in between. No, don't talk to me. Yeah, definitely learned the hard way with um, becoming a counsellor. So myself yeah. and my mother had to go and sit three lads down <laughs> in, in the house in our first year um in property and um obviously we're just feeling our way out and which is literally like dealing with children you had these yeah. like uh, guys three guys in their early 20s um i can't remember what it was about now um but they were one of them was moaning about something and yeah it's not, like it's, it's not good at all not good at all okay Probably so, ice on snow or something like that just so yeah swiftly on to um, episode another episode so i'm going to keep scrolling and say stop Stop. Are there more? More questions? Mm. Okay. Episode 16. Back to work blues. Oh, interesting. 
So this was uh, an episode January. which we recorded at the beginning of 2020 um, about going back to work after Christmas. So do you have back to work blues? Oh, I couldn't wait to get back to work. <laughs> um, and do you know what? Back to work this year was the first year, actually. I think I, you know, I was not going back to work, back to the 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 day job being a teacher and it was so good it was so good I just took an extra couple of days off just just because I could um, and I think you know people have asked me at the moment about you know what, how, how I'm working with what's going on and being inside and everything and I just well a lot of the work I do is about finding new deals it's about creating work for myself so realistically if I looked at my week and thought okay what are the things I absolutely have to do like if I don't do them there's going to be a problem not that many and it's a really you know I, I forget that sometimes because I create my own sort of you know drama of like oh this needs to be done and that you know and actually it doesn't just it doesn't you know it, it, it could wait a week if I wanted to go on holiday um but yeah so back to work blues um I think, I think you've answered it there. Have I answered it? Well, yeah, because sure you decided not to go back to work. Yeah. yeah. That's what you did. There you go. Yeah, I love it. I haven't had choice, isn't it? Did anyone it's else? Did, did anyone else's shoulders just go down while Michelle was talking? Like, all of that just felt so zen when you were speaking. I was, like, <laughs> I was just sinking lower oh. and lower into my chair going, yes, yes, that's right. <laughs> Very relaxing. Great. Well that's done. Perfect. <laughs> so good. Yeah, don't go back to work. That's the message. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Let's I'm going for another one. Do another one. one more. Yeah. Okay. So. Oh, stop. Forgot to say <laughs> <laughs> I was just just jamming there. Um, so, episode number ten, money. Oh, money. Broad. Wow. Broad. <laughs> Hang on, money. let me see. I can't remember what we talked about there. Well, this property malarkey would be easy if it weren't for the money, right? That's what. Um, That's my word. Money. Um, we get into the uh, we get into the ups and downs and sideways stories of raising finance. Okay. Money within and around property. I think that Take whether it's in it. about in property or it's in or it's personally, uh, what springs to mind is the Maslow's hierarchy of needs right so the triangle and the bottom for anyone who doesn't know um who's listening the the bottom base the foundation is all about security and it's about you know putting food on the table and putting roof over your head and then it kind of goes up further so that you know at the top you're kind of living out your dreams and, and you know going on holiday and self-actualization um but the idea that unless the basics are sorted you can't move up this pyramid or the ladder of you know of, of choices and being able to do whatever you want to do so i think like i say whether it's personally or in property um if there's if there's not that money there as in there's no cash flow like how are you going to pay for the boiler that's going to break how are you going to have that um you know the buffer there um and obviously the whole point of getting into property is that you make money right so i think probably money just falls into that foundation of it's the essential going back to joe's baking analogy there the, yes, the, the, the eggs or if we're on a vegan thing it might be some sort of uh self-raising flour right so <laughs> um 
water. I don't know. It's, it's one of the essential ingredients, right? Because otherwise, what are you doing? Just go back to the day job. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I'd buy that completely. That's because you're liking it to your cake. <laughs> See, my cake, my cake analogy actually was relevant. Can I just say thank you? Thank you, Michelle. You validated my analogy. It was great. It's fine. You can have your cake and eat it. Oh, Matthew! <laughs> Matthew! That's good. Okay, so we're going to do one quick fire. Okay. Um, so I'm going to pick, well, I'm not going to pick one. So say stop, and then what? It's like one or two sentences. Okay, stop. Uh-oh. Oh no! Episode eleven, licensing. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> licensing. Licensing is the topic that everyone gets confused about because they get confused with the planning and Article mm-hmm. Four and things. So, basically, what can we say? Licensing. Uh, licensing. You need. If you do what they say, they will give you a license. Love it. It there makes human sense. <laughs> right? It's got nothing to do with the plan, nothing else. Just if, if you do what they say, if you put the doors on and you, you know, make sure you've got smoke alarms and all that rest of it sorted, tick all their boxes, they will give you a license. Right? Yeah. There we go. Declare. Just put it out there. Get your licenses. Be safe. Yes. Be safe. Be safe. It makes human sense. And also, <laughs> even if you don't need a license, just do it anyway. Like, yeah. you know, you don't have to go all out, but, you know, if you're in a four bed, it doesn't need a license. Just get it license ready. Yes. Because it's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And you'll be able to sleep better at night. Yes. Swan investors sleep well at night. Yes. Mm. I like mm. that. I've not heard yeah. that. Swan investors. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Love okay. it. So Perfect. I think, um, unless there's an, has anyone else got anything they want to add? I want to talk about cake. Okay. <laughs> Joe, over to you. <laughs> You're I in the hot I actually want some now. I don't know about you guys, but I'm actually craving cheesecake. I just, I just want to eat cheesecake now, now that we've got to the end of this episode. So okay. I, that's what I'm going to do after this. <laughs> so anyone out there listening, uh, if you just send us a message on Instagram, uh, we will send you Joe's address and you can send her cake. <laughs> <laughs> Very open to this. <laughs> I really hope someone sends you a cheesecake. Wouldn't that be amazing? Can you imagine a white cheesecake, like a vanilla cheesecake with a Property Jam logo on it in jam? Ooh, Ooh. In jam. I think that would be really good, wouldn't it? It would. That could be a signature cake. So Jack Wicks created a signature <laughs> cocktail. So now, in fact, Michelle, I'm just going to give this to you because this should be a guest responsibility. If you could just do a guest signature cake, that yeah, would be no fab. Brilliant. Done. <laughs> yeah. So it needs to be a cheesecake and it needs to be vegan. With jam. With jam. Raspberry, not strawberry. Oh, yes. Agreed. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, good. Excellent. So on that note, I think I'm going to start to round it up. No, I was just <laughs> looking at it so disappointedly. So thank you so much, Michelle, so well. for coming, for being with us um, today, and for sharing your uh, your jam and cake insights, and much, much more, including the use of salt and uh, having not ice. Crisis. Um, <laughs> not ice. Not ice. Ice does not melt snow. We've learned one thing on the Property Jam podcast. That does not make human sense. (laughs) It does not make human sense. (laughs) So I'm going to say goodbye from me. (laughs) Goodbye from me. I say goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. Come and jam with us on social media where you can hear more and see more. 
on Facebook, search Property Jam Podcast. Or you can follow us on Instagram at Property Jam Podcast. Or you can email us at propertyjampodcast at outlook.com. See, See you on the next, next episode. episode.